teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Uh, but sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians, he said in verse 10, be, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, not in ourselves, but in the power of His might. If you feel like giving up this morning, there is a power of His might to keep you going. Be strong. Amen. I say that to you. Be strong. Now we know from the rest of the passage how he how we are to be strong. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Tell your neighbor that God wants you to stand against what Satan's trying to bring into your life. Whether it be fear, whether it be overcome with anxiety, whether it be discouragement, whether it be loneliness, like Pastor Debbie was talking about, whatever it might be, disappointment, unforgiveness, trying to get on the inside of you, or whatever it might be. He wants you to quit. He wants you to give up. He wants you to give in and say it's no use resisting anymore. You may as well just give up. But the Bible says be strong and, and stand. In other words, don't give in to him. Don't let him push you out of the territory of where you're standing in Christ. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The word wiles, I looked it up, it means to trick or deceive in order to defraud somebody of their rights and inheritance or property. Well, Satan wants to defraud you out of your rights in, in Christ. And he wants to trick you. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our enemy is not a person. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are all terms in the Bible in the New Testament for evil forces, demonic forces. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. Withstand the enemy. The, uh, withstand his attacks. In the evil day means the day of temptation, test or trial. Anybody ever gone through a test or a trial? Where you were either tempted to give in, tempted to sin, tempted to, to uh, get in the flesh. Or the trial of your faith was a trial to try to get you to strip you of your faith. Uh, Satan trying to strip you of your faith. You know. Uh, but uh, he said here, in that evil day, having done all to stand, this next verse here. Verse number, uh, stand therefore. Verse 14. Having your loins girt about with truth. That's the word of God. That's where it's all based on. You can be strong in the power of his might and also strong in his word. I tell you, just wrap the promises of God around you. Keep on declaring them and say, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up on my marriage. I'm not going to give up on my, my on, on finances. Or I'm not going to let the devil have my mind. You know, because he comes sometimes. He wants to harass and, and, and he wants to do it over and over again. One thing I will give the devil is he's a persistent cuss. He just keeps at it, just keeps at it, just keeps at it. Somebody said, what does cuss mean? Well, just fill in the blank. That's what he is. He's persistent. He wants to hound you and hounds you. And then you resist him and he'll leave you for a season and then he'll come back in a more opportune time. 
The Bible said Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are. And we read in Luke 4, where there in verse 13, after he resisted him, he left him for a season. But he looked for another chance and he came back. Somebody said, I must be doing something wrong. The devil just keeps at it. Just keeps trying to get me to quit. Just keeps trying to get me to fail. Just keeps trying to get me to give in to the flesh. Must be doing something wrong. As long as you're standing, you're doing something right. As long as you don't give in. Having done all to stand, the Amplified says, whatever the crisis demands, stand. Having done all the crisis demands. Somebody said, well, uh, this one seems to demand more. Well, then step up to the plate and do what it requires. You'll find as you grow spiritually, it's going to require more and more strength, more and more knowledge of the word, more and more persistence, more and more resolve, more discipline and casting down wrong thoughts. Amen. The enemy comes in our thought life. And he says here, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Amen. Having your loins girt about with the truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness. We could take time on each of these. We won't. But uh, for time's sake, we'll just keep on going. Verse 15, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Above all, he said, here's three things. Taking the shield of faith, wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The Bible talks about fiery darts here. And those fiery darts are, 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 are uh, they're, they, they're pointed towards your mind. He's bringing thoughts to your mind. Thoughts of discouragement, thoughts of failure, thoughts of condemnation, thoughts of killing yourself, hurting yourself, or, or you know, disappearing where nobody, nobody knows where you went. I'm talking to somebody. There's an anointing on me. Somebody's here that needs to hear this this morning. But those thoughts are those fiery darts. They're designed to, they're coming against your mind. Listen, folks, the Lord's been talking to me about this lately. We've got to keep our mind girded up. Yeah. Gird up the loins of your mind, the Bible says. In 1 Peter, what is that? 1.13, I believe it is. 1 or 2 Peter. Gird up the loins of your mind. That, that, uh, those thoughts have uh, a, uh, a force behind them. Yeah. Those discouraging thoughts, those thoughts of quitting and unbelief or fear or not forgiving people or something. Those thoughts have a force behind them. Of course, there's thoughts that come from God also. We know that. But we're talking about what the enemy brings. And uh, he said, uh, having done all to stand, stand therefore. And he mentions above all, verse 16, take the shield of faith wherewith you'll quench all those fiery darts of the wicked. When they come, you've got to have something from the word of God on the inside of you to resist them with. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Take it up. You might have it, but get it up there. Get it up there. Don't be lazy and just let thoughts just run, run rampant through your mind. Every mind needs a bouncer at the doors. Amen. Checking for ID like a bouncer at a, at a party or something. Checking for ID or invitation. Do you have an invitation? Well, your mind needs a, a bouncer at the doors. Checking for uh, scripture and verse, please. What scripture is that in line with? Yeah. Well, this isn't the scriptures. Well, then you can't be in. Amen. But he said, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And that, that's the wicked one, Satan. And take the helmet of salvation. See, that goes on your mind. That's the helmet. That, that's, the, that's a renewed mind. Listen, just every thought that comes to you shouldn't be something you entertain. Amen. 
you realize there's thoughts from different sources. God, God can bring thoughts to you. Uh, Satan brings thoughts to you. Some are just from the natural realm. You know, you might be driving and see a light turning yellow. Well, the thought is, I better slow down. That, that's just natural, you know. There's a lot of natural thoughts. But these things that come to discourage us, get us to quit and give in to sin and all those, that, that's, there's a spiritual force behind those. And he said, take the helmet of salvation, that's the renewed mind, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit. That's the offensive weapon. That's what you use against those thoughts whenever they come. You take the Word of God. You take the Word of God and you answer those thoughts that come to you. You take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And don't let the thought just come in. You, you answer that. Amen. The flesh likes to feel sad. It likes to feel like a victim. It likes to feel lonely. It likes to feel abused, cheated, where life's not fair. It likes to feel like a victim. But let me tell you something. It's a strategy of the enemy. And if you're not sharp to it you, and you don't resist that and say, I'm not going to sit around and feel bad for myself. If you don't, if you don't recognize the strategy of the enemy, he'll get you into depression. He'll get you into all kinds of bitterness about how people treated you. Can you say amen? But we're on a rescue mission this morning. You, you don't, don't, let, don't sit there and let those thoughts just run through your mind how somebody treated you unfairly and if it wasn't for them, I'd have this and, and wouldn't be experiencing that. And, amen. You're not a victim. You're more than a conqueror. Rise up with the word of God and declare the truth to the enemy. Jesus was going to the cross and he told the apostles so there in Luke in one place and uh, Jesus uh, uh, Peter, he got Jesus off to the side. And the King James says, far be it from you, you know, that you should go to the cross, in other words. But another translation said, pity thyself. Pity thyself. Satan, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Jesus, excuse me, turned around and rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you're an adversary, in other words. In other words, pity parties are an open door to the devil. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You are not a victim to other people's actions. You are not a victim to their actions. <clears throat> Amen. Hallelujah. You have a covenant with God and you can be delivered from that. Amen. Anyway, so I'm just, just on a rescue mission here. So the feet, you have your uh, shield of faith up and have the, the helmet on your mind. Don't let those thoughts in your mind and then take the word of God and answer those things. Can you say amen? amen? Now, what this is, is according to 1 Timothy, you can go over there. We looked at this on Wednesday night. We want to just look at it again for those of you who weren't here and also for those of us who were. It's good to keep looking at it, isn't it? I told you the Lord dealt with me at the beginning of the year. I'm going to be teaching a lot on faith this year. So this is part of it. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We find here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, first of all, verse number 12, fight the good fight of faith. The reason it's a good fight is we always win when you, when you, when you fight the good fight of faith. You can fight other fights and you won't win some of them, but this one you always win. 
Look, when I was beating up Clyde Fickus, it was only good if I won. For those of you that are new here, he was the elementary school bully in Scotland Elementary School in, in Scotland, Pennsylvania. And he was my arch menace. He thought he was tough stuff, but I showed him one day that he didn't have all the stuff that he thought he had because I beat the stuffing out of him. Clyde Fickus became a little wee guy after that. Anyway, so he said, fight the good fight of faith. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight that, because you always win. Don't fight the devil. Fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Somebody said, well, what's the difference? Well, one, you're fighting, if you're fighting Satan, you're fighting a defeated foe. Jesus already defeated him. Amen. And if you go to fighting the devil to defeat him, you're basically saying that uh, Jesus did not defeat him. You're laboring to conquer him whenever Jesus already conquered him. You're negating what Jesus did. The Bible said Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. Can you say amen? amen. Don't labor and labor and labor because fight implies strenuous effort, doesn't it? Don't labor and labor to fight the enemy and defeat the enemy. That's a labor that's unnecessary. Your labor is to hold yourself in the realm of faith and not give in to all the unbelief he's throwing at you or the temptation that he's throwing at you, the temptation to quit or feel sorry for yourself or whatever the temptation might be. Don't give in to that. That's the labor. Amen. To hold fast to your confession of faith. Amen. But uh, if you are laboring to defeat the enemy, you actually um, have given in to unbelief that Satan is presenting to you that he's defeating you. You have given in. If you're laboring to defeat the enemy, you've given in to the unbelief that he's already defeated you or that he's going to defeat you. How can he defeat you when Satan, I mean, excuse me, defeat you when Jesus already defeated him? You just need to enter into the rest of faith that says Jesus did it and I'm free from you. You're under my feet. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so we've got the, we find here then the good fight of faith. Now go over to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. We'll just look at this before we launch into where we're going. 2 Timothy 4, look at verse 6 and 7. Paul's speaking at the end of his life here on this earth. I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He's talking about going to heaven. I have fought a good fight. Well, isn't that what Paul said for all of us to do in 1 Timothy 6, 12? I have fought a good fight. What is it to fight a good fight? I have finished my course. Ah, oh, so that's what it means to fight the good fight. Finish your course. That means God's plan for you down here. Then he goes on to say, I have kept the faith. Now that brings a lot to me. Whenever we understand 1 Timothy 6, 12, we find there, fight the good fight of faith. What is the good fight of faith? Here, he said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. Then notice, I've kept the faith. That's the fight to not let go of your faith. Amen. And people do it all over the world. 
because Satan comes to strip it from them. Do you know, you know, Jude talks about uh, earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Do you know that if you have to earnestly contend for something, that's, impl that's implying ahead of time that somebody's going to try to strip it from you. If I said, let, let's say some of these guys up here, they got their Bible, hold your Bible there. And I say, now, hold fast to that and don't let it go. Because the Bible says, hold fast to your confession of faith. You know? So I say to Dane, hold fast to your Bible. I just basically told him, now I'm going to come try to get it from him. Isn't that right? See, now he's holding it fast and he won't let it go. Well, whenever the Bible says, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints and hold fast to your confession of faith and, and verses like that, he's telling you Satan's going to try to strip you of that. Most Christians don't pay attention to what Satan's doing. They guard their house. They lock it when they leave. They lock the windows. They lock their car when they go to the shop and go into the you know, mall and sit in, the, sit in the car in the park. They lock things and protect things, but they give no mind to what Satan's doing to their faith, trying to strip them of their faith. They, they don't protect it like they protect things in the natural. You know why? Because to them it's not as valuable as other things. You'll protect what's valuable. I said, you'll protect what's valuable. And you need to know that the Bible tells you in Hebrews, cast, now let's go over there. You need to see it because it's in your Bible too. Praise the Lord. Go over to the 10th chapter. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Go to 10th chapter of Hebrews, verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. He said, don't let go of this. Don't just throw it away. Don't let Satan come and strip it, strip it from you. Earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Paul said he got to the end of his life and he said, I kept the faith. So his, he got to the end of his life. His faith was intact. I mean, it was full and flourishing. He had taken the measure God gave him and changed the whole world with it. True glory to God. Hallelujah. Why? Hold fast to your faith. Why not cast it away? Because it, it, the reward is out of this world. It has great recompense of reward. Some people don't see how much, how important it is. You let one area, you let the devil strip you of faith in one area. He's not content there. He's going to go for more. You just give in and leave a church just because you're tired of the whatever. And you're, you're weak. You give in there. He's not going to just take over that area. He's going to take over other areas of your life. You get discouraged and give up in one area of your life. He's going to start moving on another area now. He's going to back you up, back you up, back you up till you're totally back against the wall. So don't give him an inch. I'm helping somebody here. Don't give him an inch. He starts, you can feel that press coming sometimes. Pastor Debbie and I are in one right now. It's like, Come on, sir. Come on. Amen. But we look at each other and say, we know what this is. Amen. We know what this is, Amen. and it's worth it all. What's Amen. on the other side of this mountain makes me want to move it. Amen. We know what's on. When the enemy comes like that, we know there's something on the other side. He doesn't want us to get to. 
And if he doesn't want me to have something, that just makes me want to have it. Amen. We're going to the end of our life when we're going to say like Paul, we've fought a good fight. We've finished our course. We've kept the faith. Besides that, there's other people that are depending on you not quitting. You give up on God. You give up on living right. You give up and, and give in to unbelief and fear and worry and going to church and being faithful and serving in health ministry. There's other people in your family that's going to affect their life. Don't think you're the only, you're an island all to yourself. If you love them, you'll keep on going. You'll keep being faithful to Jesus because you love him, number one. But number two, those people that you're going to have to give an account for. What if, what if next Sunday you all come up here and praise and worship starts and everything and Pastor Debbie and I don't show up? Where's Pastor Jay? You find out we went off to Hawaii to live because we were tired of it around here. That's going to affect some people. Same thing with you. It's going to affect some people if you just give up and say, I'm tired of this. I'm just going to live in the flesh. Hey, know what the enemy's doing. He's trying to strip you of your faith. Am I preaching all right this morning? Come on, say amen. amen. Now, whenever Satan, you see something that belongs to you in the scriptures and you put your faith on it, Satan sometimes will be stubborn and he'll not want to move off your rights and privileges in Christ. I've been here for 20 years of your life and I ain't moving. <laughs> you know, there's things that have been in our life all of our life. Isn't that right? There are some things that have been in our life. Some people, it's different for different people. I, I, I know different families in the church, different, different things that have been in their family all their life. It might be poverty all their life. They never had enough. They were always on the edge of bankruptcy. and it just, It's just the way they've lived all their life. The Word of God so so pure and clean and, and wonderful starts coming to you and you're like, can it, be, can it be that true? Can it be that good? Can God, can God actually have something for me in this area? And you find out He does and you get strong in it, build your faith in it, and then you take a stand to get out of debt. And the devil goes over my dead body. I've been here all, the, all your life and I'm not moving out of this area of your life. <clears throat> How many of you know sometimes he's stubborn? I said, he's stubborn. But don't get to think that you have to hold out against him. He's the one that has to hold out against you. <laughs> Satan was defeated at Calvary. Amen. He's already defeated. He's not going to be defeated the day you get out of debt. He's already defeated. And he'll bring lying symptoms. I don't know if you've ever read Jonah 2.8. I'm not going to go there for time's sake this morning. Jonah 2.8, you ought to read it. Just write it in your notes there and read it some other time. Jonah said, because remember God told him to go to Nineveh and preach, and he didn't want to. He wanted to go a different direction, and there's many of us did that, and God called us. I, I know whenever God called me, I just decided that ain't for me, man. I, especially because of the den denominational church I went to. The way they treated preachers. And, how many of you know what I'm talking about? And so I didn't want anything to do with it. So I started serving the devil. I, I went harder and harder into rebellion and things. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, you know, because what Jonah had happened, God called him to go preach in Nineveh, and he didn't want to do that. 
And he found out that it doesn't pay to serve the devil, to disobey. And I found that out too. My, my, I was becoming more and more tormented. I was becoming more and more bound. Things were getting into my life. Bondages were getting into my life. And, uh, you know, you, you just know you have an awareness on the inside. If I keep going this direction, I'm not going to live out my full life. Because the enemy is going to get more and more, push me harder and harder. As I rebel, he's going to push me harder into sin. Try, see, a lot of times we're just trying to drown out our, drown out our conscience and, and, and the dealings of the Spirit. We don't, Lord, just leave me alone. And so we're trying to sin harder to get that to go away. And, and it catches up to people, you know. Anyway, Jonah did that. He said, God said, I want you to go preach in Nineveh. And he said, nope, not going. And he got a ship. Nineveh was, let's just say north. He got on a ship to go south. You know, Hawaii's south. <laughs> and you remember the story, the storm, and then he had to be thrown overboard. And, and uh, then the fish swallowed him, and that was the mercy of God, and spit him up on the, on the, on the uh, shore, the Bible tells us. And then uh, the Bible says that he said after he was spit up by the fish, they that forsake, this is Jonah 2.8, I just gave you that reference, they that forsake their own, they that uh, observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. That verse speaks volumes to me. Lying vanities. What are lying vanities? The lie in Jonah's case was, you don't have to do that. Amen. If you obey God, it's not going to be a good life. It's going to be hard. Nobody likes preachers. Preachers don't get paid anything. You know what I'm talking about. You're not going to have a good life preaching. You won't have any fun. You'll get to the end of your life disappointed and won't be fulfilled. You didn't get to do what you wanted to do. And all those lies. Lie, 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 lie. Lying vanities. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. Did you get it? The devil lies when God deals with you to do something or the Word of God shows you that you are redeemed from, let's say, some sort of bondage that Satan's trying to put in your life and then you go to receive from God. The devil lies and says, nope, I've been here all your life and you, this will never change. This is just who you are. And he'll start saying, you don't have enough education. You don't have enough this. And he'll make excuses. He'll tell you why you can never be free from that. Lying vanities. Lying vanities. Because you see, we've been redeemed. We've been ransomed. The, the ransom has been paid for our redemption from sin and all its consequences. Amen. And Satan is no longer able legally in the, in the legal realm of the spirit. He can no longer legally hold one, a person, a believer today in bondage in an area that the Jesus redeemed them from. Especially whenever that believer comes to, to the Word and mixes faith with it and starts to believe God to, to walk in what God's yep. Word provides. Amen. 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 Jesus was the ransom that God found. You know, it says over in Job 33, he said the man talks about men getting into sickness and dying prematurely until he found a ransom. And the ransom was Jesus. Hallelujah. The ransom was, was, was paid for you and my freedom. You've heard of stories where, you know, who was that, uh, it's happened quite a few times, but uh, that famous uh, well-known newspaper guy years ago, they adopted, I mean, uh, uh, abducted his daughter and wanted a ransom. 
Hearst, yeah. And, and people do th things like that. Criminals do things. And they want a ransom. Right. Amen. Well, uh, that's what needed to happen for us to be delivered from Satan's captivity. A ransom needed to be paid. And Jesus was that ransom. And that ransom restored the blessings of God to mankind. All mankind had blessings restored, all the blessings of freedom from sin, all the blessings of freedom from the bondage of the curse of the law, mental torment, and all those things. The ransom was paid. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. So, we find then that God paid the debt in Jesus. The benefits are now free to all who... Uh, they're freely given to all who have faith in the canceled debt. Because what happened is the documents showing Christ's payment uh, in full and all the transactions that secured our redemption have been recorded and are on file in heaven. They show us redeemed. Amen. And God then in His love for mankind he uh, recorded all these proceedings and then he wrote a copy and uh, God delivered the copy to all mankind to read of those transactions that took place on the cross. Yes. Amen. He wrote it in the Holy Bible and gave us a record of the transaction that redeemed us. Hallelujah. And now the benefits are freely given to all who have faith in the record of the transactions published in the Word. Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I tell you, the report of divine healing came to me when I sat in Bible school and I thought, is that really true? I didn't hear that in the denominational church. Sure enough, it is true. Amen. Hallelujah. I had to learn to believe that report as well as the report of the remission of my sin. Praise God. And so those who can prove to Satan, because Satan, he'll try to say whenever you find what belongs to you through redemption and through the ransom being paid on the cross, and you find that and you go to walk into the blessings of God, yeah. Satan has been dominating oftentimes in areas of our life, all of our life. Yeah. And when we go to walk into an area of freedom, he's sitting there saying, now over my dead body. Yeah. I've been here all these years. Yeah. And he's stubborn and he doesn't want to move. Amen. But you have got to be able, through the Word of God, are you with me this morning? To prove to Satan by proper authority and legal rights that he has no claim on you in that area. That he has been defeated. The ransom has been paid. And because of that, I am free. Amen. Because of that, I am free. Are you with me this morning? You can't bind me in this area anymore. Then, just like in so many, somebody said, well, why do you have to prove it? Is it hard to get God to give you what, what he, gave, he provided in Christ? No, notice I didn't say prove to God. You prove it to the enemy. Because it's like so many court cases today. People are guilty of something that they did, but they don't go to court and, prove, and, and confess guilt. They don't plead guilty. They say, basically they're saying, oh, you want to find me guilty and put me in jail? Prove it. Isn't that right? And Satan's that way. 
you have to be able to prove because he won't come in to the high court of heaven where there's this dispute between he and you. He won't come into the high court of heaven and say, that's right, guilty. I, I, I Illegally, I tried to put them in bondage that Jesus redeemed them from. See, redemption is based on legalities. That's right. Legally, you were redeemed, but you've got to be able to prove that to the enemy in the high court of heaven. Because he's the prosecutor who's trying to hold you in bondage and prove that you are guilty and not worthy to have those blessings. But you've got to go and prove to him by legal authority, by the documents recorded in heaven. See, what are you going to believe? You're going to believe the devil saying, no, you've been this way all your life and it'll never change. Or are you going to believe I'm redeemed based on, based on the documents in heavens that heaven has recorded? Oh, friend, don't go to heaven and find out what you could have had because it was legally purchased for you. Find out right now what you can have. But you got to be able to prove it to the enemy because he's not going to back off of it just because you found the, found the scriptures that say you don't have to live that way anymore. So just like a court case today, they don't go in there and plead guilty too often, even though they are guilty. But you've got to prove it. Amen. Isn't that right? Yes. The proof you present is the legal documents of redemption. And it's called, in this, this court case now, is called the good fight of faith. Yes. You thought I forgot where I started. I didn't. It's called the good fight of faith. You must have a rebuttal for his structure of lies built upon the seen realm and built on sense knowledge that said, see, it's been this way all these years and it's not going to change. See, you took a stand of faith and nothing's changing. He's just talking to you through sight. And that's how he's uh, stubborn, through sight. Amen. When time passes and sight doesn't seem to change, he starts talking to you. See, it's not so. You may as well give up. But Satan was defeated at Calvary. Amen. He's not going to be defeated. He already was. He's got to hold out against you trying to get you to quit this faith stuff. That's what he wants to call it, faith stuff. Knowing that this is the victory that overcomes the world and the God of this world because you can't overcome the world without overcoming him. This is the victory, even our faith. So you've got to be able to, to prove and uh, present your legal case to him, holding the word of God up to him. It's called the good fight of faith. Amen. If you can prove to the devil that he has no claim on you, that you are redeemed and that he is defeated because you got knowledge of the word of God, then you can go free from any of his works. Amen. But you got to learn to be able to, re, to, to give a rebuttal to all his structure of lies. He lies through the sight realm. He'll lie through your family. That's, it'll tell you all kinds of things. They'll tell you how oh, you're over there in that church where they preach those wrong doctrines and stuff. Well, have we ever taken something that wasn't in the Word of God and preached it to you? No. And if we have, you can throw it out. Amen. So you've got to be able to prove that. By the right, you, and you present these legal documents. See, this is legal documents right here. Legally, you have already been redeemed. You are already free. Amen. But if you're ignorant of the word concerning your work, the work of redemption and your rights and privileges or your authority of the, over Satan, then Satan will have the advantage and defeat you in this case. 
But you got to hold him up to the word and fight the good fight of faith. Amen. 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 Those of us who fight the good fight of faith are not trying to defeat the devil. Amen. And, and, and regain victory over him that Jesus already won. We're simply standing for the truth of God's word concerning Jesus' victory over Satan at the cross of Calvary because Satan is bluffing and he's not telling us that Jesus defeated him. It's like Saddam Hussein when we whooped his pants in how many days? He told the whole nation, put it all over TV. We won. See, they left. We won. He didn't, he didn't win. No, he did not. He had to hide in a hole until we found him and drug him out and cut his head off. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. That's just like the devil. He says, no, look at this. Look at what, what see, nothing's changing. You took that stand of faith and nothing's changing. I'm greater than you are. God's not hearing your prayer. It's not working. None of that faith business works. Come on, I'm preaching better than your amen. I know it's Mother's Day, but don't be religious on it. He's bluffing. I said he's bluffing. He was defeated at Calvary. And he, he must defend his bluff of strength and victory over and over again continually trying to get us to quit. But we've been through the Word of God, through the knowledge of God's Word, equipped with the knowledge of Satan's bluff. You've got to know whenever the Word says one thing and the devil says something else, you've got to know he's the one bluffing. Don't, don't deny God's Word. Always call Satan a liar, not God a liar. Satan's the one bluffing. As a Christian, you're equipped with the knowledge of God's Word that actually shows you the truth that reveals Satan's bluff. Shows you Satan's bluff. Amen. You know he's already defeated. And therefore, that truth you know undermines his structure of lies. He's got this structure of lies built on sense knowledge and what religion has told you all your life. He's got that structure of lies built up. But he'll bluff to the very end trying to get you to give up and tell you the Word of God won't work for you. But the Bible says we just read it. Having done all to stand, stand. Some of you give up too quick. If you wouldn't quit, you'd see the victory if you wouldn't quit. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Why stand? Because it's written, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. But when it seems like he doesn't want to, you just keep on standing and don't give up. Hallelujah. Don't give in to sight. Glory be to God. I did it. I preached myself happy. The strenuous effort, remember, fight the good fight of faith. That implies a strenuous effort. That we put forth is not to defeat the enemy. Amen. Because Jesus already defeated him at Calvary. It is just simply standing our ground for what the Word of God shows us is ours. And casting down the imaginations of anything that opposes the truth of God's Word. Amen. Staying in the Spirit, not in the flesh, so forth and so on. Amen. It's simply to refuse to be swayed from God's Word by the enemy. And we are simply enforcing the victory Jesus already won for us. Amen. 
Well, we're in the army of God. We need to fight him. No, the army we're in is the occupation army. We talked about that on Wednesday night. We're just simply, according to Jesus' statement in Luke 19, 13, we're occupy until Jesus comes. We don't have to gain the... See, the occupation army is not fighting to win a victory. The occupation army is, is, is enjoying the victory that, that the, the army already got. Amen. 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 They're not struggling trying to gain victory. They're just occupying the territory already won. Jesus won the territory for us of all the in Christ privileges. I did it. I preached myself. I'm just having a good time. Praise God. And the occupation army is not devil conscious. It's God conscious. It's not fight conscious. In other words, we got to fight the devil conscious. It's conscious of victory. We've already won. We're just occupying. Jesus over there, whenever the disciples returned in Luke 10 to Jesus and said, look, even the devils are subject to us, un, to us in thy name. Remember, he had sent them out. And they came back and said, even devils are subject unto us in thy name. He said, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. See, you've got to become a treader. A treader and a shredder. You've got to get a fight on the inside of you. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Then he said, nevertheless, in this rejoice not, but that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. In other words, what he's trying to say is, he said, don't be all emphasizing devils and authority over devils. In other words, conscious of demons and fighting the devil. Be conscious of a relationship with a loving God who gave you the... In other words, he doesn't want us to be the fight conscious. He wants us to be victory conscious. A seat conscious, having been seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Now, the thing about Satan, though, although he's been defeated, and the documents from heaven and the record of the transactions given to us in the Word of God prove that, yet, however, because of the work of redemption, um, he won't tell you he's defeated. You ever notice that? He won't ever come to you and say, I know I've been defeated, you know, and uh, so, uh, my goodness, is it already 12 o'clock? Anyway, we're almost done. He won't tell you that he's defeated. You got to prove it to him. Can you say amen? amen? Because of the work of redemption, it's now illegal for the devil to devour you or hold you in satanic bondage of any kind. But he'll still try. You know, it's illegal for anybody to, 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 you know, break into your house and steal the furniture. But uh, criminals try to do stuff like that. Amen. Amen. They'll try to do it as a criminal. And that's the way Satan is. He's a criminal. He's an outlaw. He's illegal in your life right now. And he, he won't, doesn't have the legal right to steal, kill, and destroy, but he'll try to do it as a criminal. Unless you stand up to him and say, not here, not now. And you resist him, and then he'll flee from you. Amen. You have to demonstrate, and you not only need to have faith, but you need to be able to demonstrate the ability to prove to him in the high court of heaven that he has no legal right to hold you in bondage. Just knowing or believing that he doesn't have that right is not enough. You must develop the skill of fighting his structure of lies against your mind with the Word of God and stand up for your rights and privileges in Christ. Amen. Amen. Even though he has no legal right to do it, he'll try to do it illegally. But those who know how to fight the good fight of faith, they know how to stand in faith on the promises of God. 
and not be moved by the enemy. Can you say amen? amen? He tries to hold you in the sight realm saying, see, it's not working. Yeah. But you hold him in the arena. He holds you in the sight realm, he'll whip you. Because yeah. he's the God of this world. He, yeah. he can manipulate the sight, sight realm. But you, you bring him over into the word realm. Amen. You bring him over into the truth realm and you'll whip him every single time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The enemy's already defeated. He'll mock your faith. He'll lie to you. He'll mock you and say it's not working. He'll laugh at you. Amen. He'll throw fear, doubt at you, magnify circumstances, bring other people along to talk about how I tried that and it didn't work for me either. But you just stand your ground. I said you just stand your ground. Pull the wool off of his bluff. Amen. Now, whenever you see, you need to call his bluff. You've seen people playing, I, I don't play, but, you know, playing poker. They got, they got a, even if they get a bad hand, they have to bluff. They can't look like, they got a bluff. And you need to call bl the bluff of a person that's bluffing. Isn't that right? And Satan's bluffing. And when you call his bluff, his structure of lies will fold like a house of cards. It'll just fall apart. But you got to hold him up to the truth. Hold him up to the truth. Hold him up to the truth. I told you Wednesday night about a testimony. Somebody said they were sued for because of an accident, something that happened. Sued, you know, and, and, but they weren't in the wrong. They were in the right. But the lawyer said the suit came and, and uh, they're trying to uh, take you to court. And he said, this is going to go to court. And out of their mouth, I think it almost went past the way they said it, the, the, the way the testimony came in. Out of their mouth, it kind of came past their mind before their mind even had a minute to think about it. Out of their mouth came these words, it won't go to court, it'll come to naught. It's not coming to court, it's coming to naught. So they used that and they got the scriptures out and stood against the, the lies of the devil that kept saying, oh my goodness, they're going to steal this from us, you know, and all that. And they used that. See, the Bible says we walk through the valley of the shadow, shadow of death. There's a lot of shadows Satan casts on your road to victory that says defeat. Yeah. You're under, you're going under now, yeah. but it's nothing but a shadow. shadow. Shine the light. Yeah. Shine the light. Yeah. It's a light to our path. Yeah. It shows you how to get to victory. Yeah. Just shine that light. It'll dispel all those shadows. Yeah. Amen. And so they kept saying it and they kept saying it'll come to naught. Yeah. And sure enough, all that they tried to do, just after one, one thing after another fell apart and eventually just fell. Didn't even go to court. Yeah. It went to naught. You know what naught means? N-A-U-G-H-T. It's a big fat goose egg zero. Amen. Nothing. It'll fall apart if you'll stand in faith. Amen. Satan's old lies will fall apart like a house of cards. Just Amen. Glory. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. Those of you that came in, I sensed it. There, were, there, was, there was heaviness in some hearts. This word is what your answer is. I said, this is what you need to do. <clears throat> Get a fight about you. Not fighting the enemy. I mean, just don't allow those lies to dominate you. Stand up to them. Amen. Glory be to God. Have a spirit of faith about you. That is, by the way, what our church is called, Spirit of Faith. <laughs> May as well live up to it. Wouldn't it be bad you go to a church called Spirit of Faith and they're all defeated and poking their lip out and talking about, oh, the devil's big and bad. He's taking over. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? 
You know, there's a fight of faith going on right now and you got to stand your ground against the lies of the enemy regarding certain things that the world's telling us. You know, they say, well, you know, homosexuality, people were born that way. That's a lie. That's a lie. You need to stand up for what the Word of God says. You got to stand up for what the Word of God says. And so there's more going on in the faith realm trying to rob you of faith. A lot of churches have given in to that. Politicians give in to it. It's a lie. Not only is it a lie from the Word of God, it's a lie scientifically. They can't, they can't prove it. They've tried to prove it, but it's not even provable in court. I mean, provable in science. Amen. Well, God's good. Say amen. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147. Or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.